you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast would win a pickup game against Daniel Jeremiah. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. It's actually, speaking of uh, DJ, he was up here in the studio when we got upstairs. Of course, he was a guest on Friday's show, and I think he might have taken my advice. I think he might have started a podcast here. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like it. So if that's the case, everybody uh, look into it. If if Dan has a uh, A new show. show. Wow. He's leveraging our appearance into... His own endeavor. Best of luck to Daniel Jeremiah. I miss this showdown between DJ and the rest of you. Well, some good feedback. People enjoyed it. It wasn't. It was kind of a, a, a one-on-one battle with Greg laughing like a jackal every time DJ put down my appearance. <laughs> I gotta check this out. It's kind of a La Raville Magnifico episode. Oh, uh-oh. A little bit. And I and I shared with Greg. I said. There's a thing where I, you know, where I come from, the cold town. It's called home team. That he doesn't want. He didn't want me laughing at DJ's. Uh, it was all. Jokes, it was yeah. about the type of laughing that you were doing, and it was like, remember what team we're on. We're all on the same team here. You can't just jump around and defect. To be fair to Greg, I think I was probably laughing just as hard. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I could pick up things. Sounds thorny. It's good natured from Wes. Colleen, a little on the fence. Greg, very clear. <laughs> He's a mercenary in this. I mean, his whole bit was kind of a, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, absurd bit. So it I, was. I don't he even know laughing hard at something so absurd. I, there would be no offense to be taken from that. It was like absurdist humor. I feel like Greg My is favorite. always picking up the pieces socially after, like, <laughs> you know, completely destroying someone without trying to. That's also why I'm not like mad at Greg was upset that I was mad uh, after the show and. Even sent like a text later on, like, "Hey, that was a fun show." All kidding aside, just to see if I was mad at him. <laughs> uh, but I know that I know that Greg, you know, sometimes in these social situations, he can get on people's radar, and I've learned that. And I, I love Greg, yeah, no matter what, because I, I don't, you know, I don't pussyfoot around as much as you guys. 
Well, no, that, that must be it. Well, way to diagnose it, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah, so gr- was Back a bu- in my cold town, we had a little thing called busting balls, uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on your cold town. <laughs> With gorgeous views of the Atlantic. You know? Yeah, that's Western Massachusetts for you. All right. Cow farms. All, th- all, all kidding aside. Great show today. And big news. Uh, because today's show, the Around the NFL podcast, is driven, people, by Hyundai. Uh, this is a little awkward. Uh, I would say. We were aware that there was a new sponsor coming into the fold uh, in April, but as things happen in the world, Wes, sometimes you you know you forget when, when the month changes over. Yeah. And we would have loved to talk to Mr. Flame about this first, to be quite honest with you. I'm sure. <laughs> well, that was the plan. This is a, a major uh, surprise to him. So, Mark, I know you're extremely, almost oddly close to Mr. Flame, the great Mr. F. If you could reach out to him and maybe we can. Oddly? What it, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, again. But, yeah, I, I think we have to reach out to him. Here's what I do know, that over the last whatever it was, how many months that he operated him and his high school class, in the Hague, the Netherlands operated as our sponsor. Many lunches, many gifts, many things coming directly to the four of us and also to Sydney. What is Hyundai going to give us? Somebody took, you know, on your, your car tires, the little plastic piece where you uh, inflate a tire. Someone took them off my car. If they send me four of those little plastic pieces, mm. I'm not saying you have to, but as a, a gesture of goodwill to get this relationship going, four of those little plastic thingies would be great. Uh, so welcome aboard, Hyundai. Um, we're happy that you're driving us, according to the copy. Now, today's show, a great one. And, Mark, reach out to your very, very close friend, Mr. F, and maybe we can broker some type of... What is the what is your issue with the fact <laughs> that I'm friends with Mr. F? <laughs> Not an issue. It's just an observation that you've become more than passing, like, email buddies. It, it's a little more... Yes or no? Your bond I, is a little more personal than the rest of us. This is... I'm, I'd like to see your research on this, but I'd say that he, I consider him a genuine friend, yeah. Right. Facebook friends, we, you know... Hmm. A genuine friend? Wish him well. So that's exactly what I'm hitting at. I mean, no, you're like painting it like any friendship between two people where there's any level of depth to it. There's something obviously wrong in, involved. It must just be... We, I must be using him for some reason or vice versa. Like he's just a, a good guy. By well, all kind of, now you're, this is kind of digging into your own head right now. That is not I, what I was saying. It feels like a, a little bit, you know, take it down a notch, Dan. All right, all right. So you are, you are just. Can you at least reach out to him? That's all. I would be happy to. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, today's show uh, will feature a breakdown of uh, hard knocks. How about that? Hard knocks. Uh, there was some news today that. Uh, HBO and NFL Films, uh, they have, I guess, re-upped their contract or commitment with each other. So not that it was something that was hanging in the balance or hanging in the air. We all expected another season to arrive uh, this summer, but we will be getting one. And that gives us an opportunity to jump off and talk about some teams we'd like to see uh, in, I believe, is the what is uh, the 12th season of the groundbreaking HBO documentary series. Uh, so we'll go through that. We'll all nominate teams. We'll have some fun with it. That's what we do around here. We have fun. Hyundai, I've been reminded, not Hyundai. Hyundai like Sunday. Hyundai like Sunday. Everybody know that? All right. We do now. 
All right. And uh, maybe we'll have a, a special guest at the end of the show. We'll see if it works out. But let's get to uh, some news, folks. It's WrestleMania. Gronkowski's in the ring. <laughs> get to that a little bit later, too. Uh, we'll start, though, with the Dallas Cowboys and the Tony Roma, Romo saga. Um and what appears to be the next step in Romo disconnecting with the Cowboys permanently, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones has reached out to all 32 NFL teams, letting them know that, uh, quote, they are permitted to contact Tony Romo or his agent to schedule a workout, visit, or physical. This according to NFL Network's Mike Garofolo. Uh Garofolo noted Monday that talks are uh, to be limited to conversations concerning Romo's 2017-19 to 19 NFL player contract. I'm sure that would be uh, honored. Chris Wessling, uh, can you tell me, uh, in your what does this mean to you? Are we getting closer to finally Romo being out of Dallas, or is this just going to continue to drag on? I like the way you phrased that. What does it mean to me? Because to everyone else it means last-ditch attempt at a trade before workouts start. To me, not usually part of the tinfoil hat brigade here, but – Jerry Jones has made comments in the past that he likes he likes soap operas to extend throughout an offseason because of the attention it gives the NFL. I mean, it's not a coincidence this is this news is released on opening day for baseball. He's dragging wow. out mm. he is dragging out this Tony Romo saga mm. for all of March because it's good for the NFL to to make news during baseball's time of year. And Jerry is uh, most people know this, but Jones is probably the most influential owner in the NFL. So Wes's theory here uh, that he's he's working to juice the NFL makes sense because he's basically one step below the commissioner. He, there's some showmanship to right. Jerry Jones. He appreciates, uh, you know, dragging things out, getting more interest in it. You That's know? why he moved the Raiders to Vegas. He moved the Rams <laughs> to Los Angeles. He just I mean, he was in, it up. He was instrumental in getting the other owners to agree that Vegas would be good for the NFL. I, I really don't think he wants anything to do with this whole thing about a good guy packed with Romo that you let him off your roster and he floats downstate to Houston. I really don't think Jerry yeah. Jones wants Tony Romo to go to a Super Bowl-level defense in Houston and get them deep into the playoffs. It's taking the attention in a state you dominate to a completely different place. Right. I agree, and so it's just exhausting every possible avenue to find a different outcome than him landing on the Texans. I don't really see why any team that would be interested in Romo would change their minds in any way because they could schedule a workout with him. Like no one was really looking to trade him before. Why would they be now? What's the difference? One question about, and now we're hearing that the Broncos aren't really in and it's almost like Texans are bust. I have a real issue with that in the sense that why does, if Elway likes Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon, why does that mean that precludes the Broncos from getting Tony Romo, who is at best, let's face it, a two-year patch and maybe far less than that? Why can't they continue to develop those two guys if you like them and also get Tony Romo and see how it works out? I think they could if the price was right. Yeah, I think Elway's shown the past couple of years that he wants a quarterback at his price. He did it with Kaepernick. Kaepernick refused the pay cut. He wouldn't pay what the Texans were paying for Osweiler either. And it makes sense for him to put it out there that they're not really that interested because he's not in a trade, and he kind of sees a situation where it sure looks like Houston cleared the decks for Romo and that Romo wants to play for Houston, so he's not going to let it out there. Now, if a situation happened where suddenly Romo was sitting out there and maybe his price went down, I found this interesting, though. The, the most 
important part of this news to me is that I think Tony Romo is planning to play football because Jerry Jones said he met with Romo last week and he was going to meet with him soon after the owners meeting. Then this news comes out. I, I think it's safe to assume that Tony Romo and his representatives are were on board with whatever this news is. And to me, that, that sounds like a guy who's trying to take the steps to play football, not to, not to announce. Moving forward, Adrian Peterson still out there. The only team he's connected to right now is the San Diego Greybeards. But he did meet with the New England Patriots on Monday, Rap Sheet reported. Uh, it was the veteran running back's second free agent visit of the offseason following a me- uh, meeting with the Seattle Seahawks. Last month, he left uh, the Patriot way without a deal, uh, according to Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football. Uh, but that doesn't mean, uh, Mark, that uh, a deal won't get done with the Pats. Uh, do you think that would be a good fit? Let's start there. Patriots, Adrian Peterson. I think it's one of the few teams that seem like it would be a fit. I mean, Wes has been talking about that link for, for months, and it makes some sense. I, I think a visit like this didn't need to end in a signing to be the only way that you get Peter. Maybe, you know, you're, they're doing their homework. The Patriots do care about the person, too. And if you look back, Tom Curran, your boy Greg, wrote yeah, an boy. article where he included some of the comments that Jonathan Kraft made about Adrian Peterson when the whole child abuse thing went down, uh, whatever we want to call that. And he called it unacceptable and abhorrent. So that's two years ago, and a lot of people have come around to Adrian Peterson's version of all that to some degree. Others have not. I think that is a factor, even though it's not as much of a hot-button issue as it would have been right after it happened. But they, they, you're signing up for the person. They don't want Joe Mixon, for instance. They're right. not interested in him. So they do. it's not just take anyone, no matter what they represent off the field. Well, Tom Curran, you mentioned in that article, I mean, his theory is they're just doing a, a solid to Peterson's agent, mm. and that's it. Well, ben Dogra is coming off. Ben Dogra is his agent. Used to be one of, if not the most powerful agents uh, in the entire NFL. He's coming off a suspension. Meanwhile, his biggest client can't get a job, uh, and, you know, they, they're helping him out, and they're getting some information, you know. Jeff Jeff Howe of Boston Herald also reported they weren't comfortable enough to you know make they didn't make any offer uh, during this trip so I think that speaks a lot that that's a that's a conspiracy theory I can buy that there's a part B to that theory too that they're also sending a message to Garrett Blunt lower your lower right. your asking price or we'll bring in Peterson moving on hey remember uh, West remember Martavis Bryant. I do. Remember yes. that dude? Well, he's in the news, uh, appearing on Thursday's edition of Up to the Minute Live, a, a program we will be on uh, Monday. Uh, a little late in the game for you to listen to watch that, but hopefully later in the week as well. We we are, I think it's what, it's two to three every day. You know, you can always find these clips on NFL.com. Hey, search really them out. Anyway, Rap Sheet was on that program and uh, said that the suspended Steelers wide receiver believes he will soon be returning to Pittsburgh. Here's what Rapport had to say. Or report, when you speak to people close to him, they are confident that in the near future he will get word that he has been reinstated by reinstated to the NFL. Chris Wessling, you wrote this piece up on Around the NFL. Remind people, uh, I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> slow down a little bit. Chris, can you remind people why Martavis Bryant uh, is such a special player? He's nicknamed the Alien because there's no one else like him in the NFL. He's got some Randy Moss qualities to him. As a six foot four guy who runs, you know, probably right around a four four forty, can leap out of the building and make spectacular catches like he did with that one that was through his legs. Um, 
everything's changed in the last month. Mark Sessler tweeted out this quote from Kevin Colbert on March 1st. You mean Mark? Right here? Mark some hack, Sessler. Some hack that with his Twitter account. Mark formal. Martavis was a great asset asset to us when he was available. That was just four weeks ago. And now Aditi Kinkwabala reports that the Steelers expect him for the start of offseason workouts. Well, the phrasing was legitimate hope. Hmm. April 17th. So they expect in the next couple of weeks for Roger Goodell to reinstate Martavis Bryant. Quite a weapon. I mean, we talk about the AFC as being top-heavy in terms of having one or two teams you can take seriously. For me, at least, Steelers are always one of those teams. And when you add that element back into an offense that also has Antonio Brown and, and Le'Veon Bell and Big Ben, yeah, if Big Ben actually returns next season. I was going to say, like, yeah, Big yeah. Ben, we believe you might retire. Right. <laughs> Maybe Ladarius Green, who's battled concussion issues. Right. But he plans on playing. And the few games he played last year, he was a great fit for that. Well, offense. and they couldn't replace Bryant. You know, you wouldn't have thought losing your number two receiver, albeit you know, maybe the best number two receiver in the league, would be that devastating. But that spot ended up being uh, a gaping hole of drops and injuries and just out-of-sync plays by Sammy Coates and Mark Sweeten. And they never really found him, but they did find a slot receiver in Eli Rogers. So suddenly you put Brian back there, and that's the best-looking offense in the, in the league along with the Patriots. Hubba hubba. Moving on, the Vikings – have some more Teddy Bridgewater insurance. Minnesota agreed to terms with former Rams quarterback Case Keenum, a one-year, $2 million deal. Uh, Mike Garofolo reported uh, Bradford, Sam Bradford is going to be the starter. He's locked in there. Uh, he has another year left on his deal, I believe. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater, who suffered that devastating freak knee injury last summer, uh, it is no guarantee that he'll be back next year or back at all. Uh, so we'll see. He's, he's he, I think he posted it. Uh, a, a video of some progress on social media last week, but it was a devastating injury for Bridgewater. Greg, now Case Keenum enters as, as the backup. What are your thoughts? Just that they're not counting on Bridgewater, and how could they? But this, this I think, drives the point home that they wanted. It. Not only did they want – obviously, you're going to have a backup quarterback, but they wanted someone with experience. I mean, they wanted what they would consider a real backup quarterback because they have no idea if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. Mike Zimmer said last week when asked about Bridgewater ever playing again, he said, I honestly have no idea. You got to so keep planning. You got to keep planning then. That's crazy. I mean, did they no, – Terrible. Here's injury. my question. Like, let's say you go into – I guess you could IR him, but do you ever just have to cut bait with him if the, if the report is just that negative by the end of the summer? I think it's so early – I, no, I don't see why. Because why can't you just... Not right now. I'm saying if, if you came no, to a conclusion but, he could not play again. Yeah, if, I mean, if if that if you felt strongly enough he's not coming back to football, but I, I don't see why you wouldn't wait a whole nother year just to see. We, from what we heard about the severity of the injury, it's typically in these situations, it's not... It's, you know, there's specifics to every injury. I don't want to group them all in one category. But when you have what's deemed a... A devastating knee injury, knee injury. It feels like 50-50 with these guys. You could yeah. be Navarro Bowman where you get back. be Mar- Marcus Lattimore where you don't. And you just never know until the process plays out and it's still ongoing. Moving on. Hey, uh, Zach Brown. Oh, another Greybeard uh, team member. And a reminder, once a Greybeard, always a Greybeard. So people that tweet at me when these guys start coming off the market, hey, you got to replace so-and-so. No. It's a fake team, dummy. He's on the team. That's it. Did he ever make a, even a start? Daddy's, or, Daddy's or not going back and editing that no. 10 times over the next two months. <laughs> it's the offseason. A little bit of work. <laughs> Once Still that thing goes out the door, it's out the door. See ya.
Anyway, the Redskins agreed to terms with inside linebacker Zach Brown, uh, spent last year with the Bills, just 27 years old, coming off a season where he established career highs in tackles and forced fumbles. Uh, and, and Wes, uh, this is a player uh, that at this stage of the game, I like this pickup for the Bills. I love it. Excuse me, the Redskins. I love it. He was ranked 20th on our top 101 free agents. Only Adrian Peterson and Jonathan Hankins remain from uh, the top 20. So this was a good signing. He was among the tackle leaders all year last year. And if you go back and watch the, I believe it was the week four game against the Patriots, he had like 18 tackles. It was one of the best games by an inside linebacker all year. Wes is going to be telling his uh, grandchildren about this game. I mean, you <laughs> love this game. I actually remember when he you was were watching it. On that field. I think you were watching it at work on Game Pass, and you were just like, i never seen a linebacker that, play like this for this game. That was a shutout win, if people f- remember. <laughs> is that how Rith West talks? I guess so. That's that's <laughs> my impression of Damashek's impression. Nobody is West. more abused in the uh, the people trying to speak like someone than Wesley, <laughs> who is just reduced to well, like some sort of mindless person with literally no education. Chewing on grass. I, I, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll take that and counter you with Damashek's impression of me. Which maybe you haven't heard. It doesn't come out too much, but it's it's a lot of well, I don't really know about that. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Wes is uh, as time goes on, anybody that does a Wes impression, it gets more and more country. Eventually, it's just right. going to be like a deliverance, like the kid with a messed up face playing the banjo. Wes. That's true. Redskins, you know, we killed the Redskins for having a bad offseason, and they have. It it is worth noting, you know, Brown is a nice pickup at a position in need, and. Their biggest losses, everyone you know, really talked about, were wide receiver. And you look at their wide receivers, Terrell Pryor. They look pretty good. Jamison yeah. Crowder, jo- Josh Dotson, if, if he can get healthy, and Jordan Reed. That's a great four-receiving you know, receiving option group. So, yeah, maybe they're not in such bad shape. Uh, moving on. Nicest thing Greg's ever said about the Redskins. Maybe <laughs> wow. they're not in such bad shape. Uh, we are in the – What an olive branch. Sorry. <laughs> Huge olive branch, Greg. <laughs> Very classy, Greg. Yeah, but, you know, we, now we have to make up. You know. Who, you and I? Yeah, yeah. I told you. I Because I know you <laughs> and you're in the trust that's, tree. That's more I, insulting than, than me laughing 15%. Uh, I, can, I can take it. No, I can take it because you're in the trust tree. And I could step back and okay. be like. Not a lot of people in that tree. Yeah. That's true. I, I can it take is it. Trust. If you're not in the tree and you do something to upset the old Zeuser, and I'm not saying this is like a positive trait of mine, <laughs> then you're in trouble. Like I'll probably, you'll never get off the list. True. But if you're in the tree. You get a significant amount of rope before you're hanging from. Yeah, Put it that way. <laughs> a lot of mixed <laughs> metaphors here. You're, uh, yeah, you're like, I mean, you're like Mr. Miyagi pruning uh, the bonsai tree. Your tree is pretty thin these days. <laughs> Not a lot of new members uh, coming into the treehouse. Uh, Gronk talk, spring of Gronk. It is, you know, I, when in the early days, and I feel like we're in a post Gronk world in terms of uh, documenting his off the field stuff. In his mm. early years, it was legitimate fun, and you'd read profiles where he would show up at keggers and, and, and you know, be spotted on a dance floor, like doing backflips with a brother or just being in a wrestling match in the middle of the street. But now he's a little more streamlined, and all these things are – they seem to be an extension of the Gronk brand. Perfect example. He showed up ringside at WrestleMania 33 on Sunday uh, – and uh, he's good buddies with a pro wrestler named Mojo Rawley. Uh, and uh, they worked him into the, the script of the match. I don't want to break kayfabe here. But they worked, they worked him into the script. And he ended up dropping a, a shoulder 
um, a, a, kind of like a running shoulder slam type move onto a, another wrestler named Jinder Mahal. And uh, it all started These when, names sound made up. When Mahal threw a beer on Gronk. The man's name is Ginger? Ginger. Oh. Yeah. J-I-N-D-E-R. I think he's a wrestler of Iranian descent. Be careful, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what... You know, what a surprise for Gronk. Thinks he's just showing up uh, to enjoy a nice sporting event. Right. He gets caught in the middle oh, of it's, it. That's it's it's unbelievable. I remember that move when Hillbilly Jim pulled it. Sure. Hillbilly Jim had a couple brothers, too. Back when wrestling Uncle Elmer. You know, was real. I don't remember this. Ginger, by the way, is from Calgary, Canada. Uh, but his nationality is Indian, so a little far off there. But. <laughs> You're trying, though. I see I'm, an effort on your part. The effort is absolutely there, and that's important. <laughs> That's important. Anyway, uh, so Gronk, and then uh, he showed up the next day. So that was Sunday in Orlando. Monday in Boston, he showed up at opening day for the Red Sox where Tom Brady, who would was presented his missing Super Bowl jerseys earlier in the day by Robert Kraft, which was documented by the team, of course, with both still and motion photographers uh, Brady held up the jerseys on the field at Fenway Park, and then Gronk swiped the jersey away from Brady and ran away. And then Tom Brady – this is worth checking out. It's kind of funny. Tom Brady chases, runs after Gronk, and tackles him behind second base and retrieves the jersey once more. Great fun, uh, a little calculated, maybe not as natural as the old summer of Grant, Gronk antics, but I'll sign off on this one. He has great potential about 10 years from now, I think, as he's nearing 40 to be one of the most ponderous public figures of mm. our lifetime. Not now. Not now. I get it. I like Gronk. But, I mean, can you imagine this guy's midlife crisis when it comes around and what sort of social media platforms we have in our world then? It's going <laughs> to yeah. be rugged. On a positive note, he's not moving like a guy that people were afraid might never no. play at a high level again because of back surgery. Said he'd be ready for camp. Post- he's moving there, pretty well. There was a lot of discussion on Twitter at the time during the WrestleMania, but, like, what is Bill – like, they're shocked. Like, how good do you have to be to be able to get clearance to do WrestleMania? You know, no other Patriot would be out. And one response was, like, he probably didn't tell them at all. <laughs> no. he's, he's just out. Like, he's done other things, like uh, the – I think uh, ESPN Magazine cover when he was naked or something. Like, he's not, he's not telling the team. He, he gets away with it. He jumps – he climbs into the ring. You could you could watch a video on, on the end around where I wrote about it. He climbs into the ring and does a running – sprint and levels this guy with his shoulder and and Jinder Mahal who's Canadian of Indian descent is six foot five and 230 pounds of pure muscle uh, Wait, so it's probably is that wrestling height and weight or real height and weight if you look at the video he, he's bigger than Gronk so mm-hmm. it seems pretty legit and uh that's like running into a wall essentially like four months removed from back surgery that's all I'm gonna say Dan what would have been a bigger fantasy for you in the offseason to have Tom Brady tackle Gronk and both of their bodies just physically crumble and they're, they're done. It, it crossed my mind because it was surprising. Pat uh, on Pat crime. Yeah. It was surprising <laughs> to me that Brady actually, as part of the bit at Fenway, tackled Gronk. <laughs> they're, they're hugging each other. There's a, actually the AP shot photos. And at one point, like Brady's hand is uncomfortably uh, close uh, to Gronk's We're getting back into region. that region for you. Yeah. Is it are they closer than I am to our former sponsor, <laughs> Mr. Flynn? Well, you tell us. I told you all well, you That's to how know. you took where he was going <laughs> huh? with that? 
You thought that that's I, what I was getting. I at? typically no, I do not think in that case. But I typically know Dan has. What's going on up there? Coded language for all sorts of things, and that coded got into a certain language. certain wheelhouse. I, so. Let me let me lean on the kissing cousin for this, Wes. I simply said that Mark would be the best person to reach out to because he's developed a more personal relationship. Uh, well, that's that's what, all. That's what I got out of it. That we all four of us like Mr. F and are big fans of him, but Mark has carried on more correspondence with him. Now that now the way that was described, I will sign up for entirely. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying I you, didn't you, say much more than that either. You you put a sort of a ring of suspicion around the whole thing, which you know. I think it's the word odd that got Mark. Oh, it, I, it got on your radar. It uh, did. Would it get on yours if I were to subscribe a friendship that you have with someone as odd? Yeah, I guess because he lives in the Netherlands and you've never met, it's. I should have said unusual. Would that have been better? Not really. <laughs> Strange. F. Different? Quirky? <laughs> Quirky. Wow. Uh, and None of those. And finally in the news, uh, Cam Newton and his wife. Um, is Cam married? Let's see. I'm going to get myself in any more trouble here. Cam Newton, wife. Mm, looks like it says partner, according to Google. Kia Proctor. Anyway, welcome a, welcome the child to the world this weekend. Her name? Sovereign Dior Campbella Newton. It's a mouthful. Beautiful name. Sovereign. And in case you just want to know or, you know, maybe just to brush up on your vocab definition of sovereign, a monarch, a king, a queen or supreme ruler, mm. person who has supreme power of author or authority, a group or body of persons or a state having sovereign authority or and this is what I think uh, she was named after a gold coin of the United Kingdom discontinued. After 1914. Oh, yeah. It's, it's that last one. We fought wars to get rid of monarchs. That's what's happening in the news. <laughs> Guess what? I got another ad here for us. All right. We are flying. Elevate your underwear game. We need some music under this. Do we have anything? Well, we're not allowed to play music. Certain music. Elevate. You got something? <laughs> really need something. I'll add something. It'll be it'll be snazzy. Okay. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with Me Undies. What is Me Undies? Oh, just seriously soft feel good undies delivered right to your door. Me Undies are designed in LA and made from sustainably sourced micro mo model. Modal. Modal. A fabric three times softer than cotton. Count them three times. Me undies softer than soft. Lugge undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns. Marron. So you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. Pay attention to this part. Underwear Mark. subscription. And right. if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because Me Undies is offering you. 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, meundies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. Go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer, because you know what? You deserve it. Once again, that's meundies.com slash NFL2017, meundies.com, NFL, oh, slash NFL2017. 
2017. I will say, MeUndies, uh, a shadowy league figure, reached reached out to us and said, "Hey, the MeUndies people want to want you to sample the product. Got our got our sizes for yeah. where our butts and uh, genitals are." <laughs> yep, it's, I need it's some top secret information. They yeah. said they weren't going to share it with others. I need some modal in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's talk a little hard knocks. Let's do it. Oh, there it is. What a song. Yes, the new season of Hard Knocks uh, coming in August. Let me find this info. Mark Sessler wrote a banger. Lead, Hard Knocks is sticking around I, for that, long I would haul. hardly call that a banger. <laughs> uh, it's like a four-graph PR release that they some reason put my name on. This year's five-episode season scheduled to launch on Tuesday, August 8th, which is right around when it always starts and uh uh the announcement came that they, they're staying uh, in bed together that's great so but now let's break it down there has not been a team name yet um last year the the team was announced you know the rams as we recall a little earlier but usually it happens later in the spring i'm, I'm thinking around may, late may but our job one of our jobs does um how'd that me undies read go what do you think about it did a very solid job. We're going First back to that. Yeah. Is, is that is everyone comfortable with the situation? I like the product. Uh, I miss Mr. Flame already. Uh, we gotta talk we gotta talk to Mikey. I hope he's not angry. We've only seen nice sides of Mr. Flame. Maybe this is when we see the dark side. It's possible. I mean this came very abruptly with no notice at all. No, I would be angry. I mean what has he done? He's been nothing but a, a glorious sponsor and then one day, poof, he's out of the game. And we double up on new sponsors. Well, we look a little mercenary. Greg? Greg loves it. I, you know. <laughs> Greg is a mercenary. <laughs> we learned that Friday. Yeah. You know, um, maybe Mr. Flame, he had a great run. What more can you ask? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's keep moving. Anyway, so Hard Knocks. Uh, there is... There's a whole system to Hard Knocks, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, where whereby a lot of teams can be excluded from the process, uh, though you can also – any team can volunteer to be on the show. I think the Jaguars – or we've kind of heard whispers that the Jaguars have been begging to be on the show for years and years. Maybe that's just an unfair rumor. Uh, but for the most part, uh, there's a general sense that teams are kind of plucked to, to appear on the show, maybe sometimes against their will. We'll see what happens this year. So why don't we talk about Hard Knocks and specifically who we would like to see uh, your number one choice, factoring out who has to be picked, who can be picked, who's, mm. you know, who, uh, who is off the hook. Uh, let's go around the room here and uh, I'll start uh, with you, Mark Sessler. I've always wanted to see my favorite team, the Browns, on Hard Knocks. And here's, here's one of the major reasons. August is the last month that they have to be relevant. <laughs> and I, beyond that, honestly, that's been the case year after year. Once the games start, all the offseason buildup and drama, and they are typically a pretty interesting team in the offseason. Mm -hmm. You'd allow it to crescendo for once because the minute the games start, forget about it. That's when we focus on all these great teams and organizations that consistently go to the playoffs. I think there's a lot. There's also, in many years, there would have been a case for Cleveland to be an interesting target because you've got this new front office that's trying to do things in a way that no other team has done it of late. You've got Hugh Jackson, who was great during the Bengals. Hard knocks. Thought he was fantastic on it. He'd be a good personality. 
Jimmy Haslam is an is an owner that would be intriguing on camera. I don't think we have we still there's a lot of preconceived notions about him. You'd probably have Miles Garrett, the number one draft pick. You probably have a rookie quarterback at number twelve. You'd still have basically the age old storyline of the team trying to tug itself out of hell. And you throw in a Josh Gordon potentially. There's a lot of moving parts here. And I do feel like we've seen certain teams sort of over and over. And this would be, I don't know why they've never gotten on it, but it would be a team unlike any other in terms of, no, they're not the most successful. They are the least successful. How do you rise out of the ashes? I, I like it. I think there's one, one reason why we haven't seen them yet is if you hire a new coach, uh, you can stay off the show for a couple of years, right. I think. And they hire a coach. That's every other years. year for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Literally, they've been doing it for like a decade. So they've kept themselves on that list of teams that um, can avoid being on the show against their will. You could have a little Brock situation. Have Tony Grossi and this angry contingent of beat writers. I just think there's a lot of anger and <laughs> hope and passion all mixed up into one. I think it would be an. In- I think it would be an interesting team. And looking at the list, and there's only eight uh, on an article that Dan wrote. You can find who are the teams the NFL can man can they can compel them to be on the show. They can make them be on the show and they would have no other choice. The Browns are one of those eight and looking at that list I thought I it wouldn't totally shock me if they were the hard knocks team this year. Mark sold me. Wouldn't on. be number one on my list, but it it would be a fun one. I thought they would be boring and then Mark sold me on it. I thought that was pretty compelling, especially with the number one overall pick and then a rookie quarterback also that could be an interesting it- it could be the closest thing Joe Thomas gets to the playoffs. Well, uh, you're not wrong. I will uh, amend what I said. If you ha- hire a new coach, it, it keeps you out of the mix for that year. Uh, so the Browns are on the list this year, and the the list is eight teams that, that can be – I like the, your use uh, there – compelled slash told. Bears, <laughs> Buccaneers, Browns, Colts, Eagles, Ravens, Saints, and Titans all can be forced to be on the show. Uh, but anyway, so the, the Browns, that, uh, I like that choice. I liked it the last couple of years. I liked it was always interesting to me when Manziel was in the mix. He's obviously not there anymore, but uh, plenty of good storylines. Wes, who would you want to see on the show? I want to see the Patriots, the defining team of the era, like the 60s Packers, the 70s Steelers, the 80s 49ers, the early 90s Cowboys. This is the team of the era. You know, every Friday during the season, we get a glimpse of the real Belichick not the one who's buttoned up and refuses to speak to the media, but Friday afternoons he's in a good mood, and he outlines what's going on with the NFL that week or what's going on with his opponent that week, and it's some of the most fascinating football conversation going. If we could get a peek at that, that would be cool. If we get a peek at, at how driven Tom Brady is to mow down age barriers, how why do the Patriots value Jimmy Garoppolo so much? Is he really that do his teammates really think he's that good? I think there's all kinds of issues. And the defining team of its era, as Dan has said, has now clicked into win now mode after they won a Super Bowl. This is this could be the best Patriots team of the Brady Belichick era. I think that's pretty fascinating. More Patriots in your life, Danny. Well, it's not gonna happen for the simple reason that they're way too controlling of their brand. Well, couldn't they be product. compelled by an NFL that they've gone back and forth with? Couldn't the NFL say to them? The NFL and the Patriots are not on uh, a great footing. I don't think. But no, the they're NFL off would... the list. If you make the playoffs in the oh, last two years, you're right. off the yeah. list. But uh, well, strangely though, if you really want to imagine what it would be like for the Patriots on Hard Knocks, there was that random season-long documentary about, I believe, the 2009 Patriots. Uh, do your job. That was what was it? Wasn't it? Do your job. Yeah. 
It was God. it was really on Belichick. Praise. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was good. Oh, no, wait, we're we're mixing two of them yeah. up actually. There no, was one was about the twenty oh nine, I believe it was Yeah, they lost to the Ravens in the playoffs. Right. It was that year. Twenty oh it was the year after Brady came back from the ACL, so it was two thousand nine. That was the football life actually that they went under that banner even though it was totally it was like a different. Two-parter, it was a two-parter, I think two it was. Hour yeah. Yeah. But that was, if you want to know, you'll never see them on Hard Knocks, but yeah. if you want to know what it was like, it was focused yeah. on Belichick, but it also had a lot of moments like Brady in Belichick's office. I don't think, especially with all that's transpired uh, in the last couple of years, I don't think the Patriots would ever sh- sign off on NFL cameras uh, <laughs> having that type of access ever again. Uh, no. But, you know. It'd be great, though. Even as a Patriots hater, I, it would be fun to see the, see behind closed doors. So I get it. You're carrying the water, West, for your favorite team, but I don't think it's a bad choice. Well, I mean, you have their, you have your Jets. I like interesting football teams that are well run. <laughs> right. It's not. I mean, it's kind of fake fandom. It's yeah. not. It's not a fandom at all. It's just. You're another. This is what I like about football teams that are right. good at what they do. You're a fan mercenary. That's what you are. I mean, call it what you want. I just like the sport. <laughs> yeah. You like a bad football team. Right. I like the sport too, but I also have a loyalty to a team. You jumped off of your your team and now you jump around to whoever's good. What's great? I make no apologies for it. I'm not I'm not, you know, accusing you. The of Titans weren't good, but I jumped around to them. I jump around to interesting teams. When you are like 91 and 87 or whatever your age difference is, you're going to be having the same exact conversation. <laughs> no, you know why? Cuz Wes will come back to the Bengals one day. That's not happening. One day when he soft, I think when when he settles down and has a kid and his son's like Papa, I want to watch football with you. Oh, I'd be like, hey, you can still watch 58-year-old Tom Brady who's still <laughs> still in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> um, just think about that, Wes. We stole the Pro Bowl then? Ugh. <laughs> uh, I'll throw one out there. Dallas Cowboys. And I'll tell you why. It's not going to be for the reason you think. A lot of people will be like, oh, the Cowboys, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're they're the America's team. No, I'm I'm digging in a little deeper than that uh, because I believe, in my opinion, the Cowboys are, 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 you know, set for a painfully disappointing 2017. And I want to be wow. I want to be in on the ground floor, baby. Interesting. I want to look into this. Their confidence. Can you imagine the confidence coming out of that building right now? The self-belief within uh, that complex and what this team will be achieving. And I just want to give a little history lesson for people. And I know these things are not necessarily, you know, uh, they don't all tie together. But the last five seasons, the Cowboys have had a double-digit win total. Uh, 2003, 10 and 6. 2004, 6 and 10. 2007, 13 and 3. 2008, 9 and 7, missed the playoffs. 2009, 11 and 5. 2010, 6 and 10. 2014, 12 and 4. 2015, 4 and 12. By transitive properties, 13 and 3 in 2006. Oh, yeah, baby. 3 and 13 in 2017. (laughs) You just want to see it all burn down. Some people just want to watch the world burn. That's me. I want to see it. And uh, here's some of the other positive things about it. they, I think they're going to be in that practice facility, that brand new practice facility. I'm intre- I like seeing those things. Like they have a, a practice facility that's worth more than some stadiums. And I want to get, I want to get behind the closed doors there. Jerry Jones is going to be all over that thing, and I like Jerry. Like some owners, like you brought up Jimmy Haslam. I would imagine he would potentially stay in the shadows a little bit. A lot of owners aren't really out, out in front for the Hard Knocks season. But you know, Jerry's a whole different situation. Maybe we get on the Jerry bus. That's fun. Jason Garrett, he's the biggest issue here. Huge dud. Actually, the biggest dud on this program since 
Mike Smith and his uh, Tevas. Tevas? Tevas? We never Tevas. did figure that yeah. out. I think it's Tevas. Uh, Tevas. Like, if you want to talk about, like, the power, anti-power rankings for head coaches on hard knocks, it's basically Mike Smith in 2014 and um, – I forgot his name. Mike uh, – Joe Feldman oh. in 2000. 12, I believe. What was uh, Jeff Fisher wasn't doing too much for me either. No, nah, but uh, yeah, that's true. What was uh, Joe Philbin's legacy was really as the guy who cleans up after the room when people leave it. Right, just like picks up little pieces of paper, really walking around, like, be in the wrong business, <laughs> picking up gum on the practice field and telling people to tie their shoelaces. That was the most exciting thing about Philbin on Hard Knocks. Anyway, so you get the stars. You got Dez. You got Zeke. You got Dak. You got stars, you got drama, and a foreboding, foreboding sense of general doom. Give me the Cowboys. Well, Jerry Jones, you know, has done hard knocks twice before, and the last time they were on, you know, might be the reason why he would be afraid to do it because they they could not be compelled, but they could raise their hand and say, hey, we want to do it, and I, I would assume the NFL films would love that. Uh, they did it the last time they were coming off 13-3 and three with T.O. and Tony right. Romo and Wade Phillips as their coach. And I, I think it was the single most disappointing season in the history of Hard Knocks. Maybe not the worst, but probably in the three or four worst, but the most excitement going into it. Wow, this is going to be great. Tony Romo, T.O., like this awesome team that just lost a heartbreaker to the Giants in the playoffs, and, and it was just kind of a season that mm-hmm. nothing really happened. He's not. It has potential to be less than you'd think it would be. I feel like we've been there, done that with the Cowboys a little bit. It would be... You've got new players in there. It yeah. would be it would be intriguing to see these young guys behind the scenes. But uh, you know, it would also reinforce the idea that the NFL is truly only focused on about five or six teams. I don't know if the uh, Cowboys want to show behind the scenes with Ezekiel Elliott right yeah. now. Well, that's fair. By the way, Cowboys were on it in 2002, which is ancient history, and it was a different show, frankly, uh, back then. I don't really count that. And then 2008. So, uh, as Greg alluded to, and that was you know almost a decade ago. So it's not like it's like, oh, we just had the Cowboys on the show. Everything's different there with the exception of the owner at this stage. Greg? Well, I think we we could talk a little after this about teams we actually think will be on. And so I'll admit that this team has no chance to be on, but it's a team I would personally want to be on more than any other, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. The, The first thing in hard knocks is do you have a compelling head coach? There might not be a head coach in the league I'd rather see for five weeks behind the scenes than Mike Tomlin. Why is that? I just think he's a dynamic personality. He has charisma. charisma. You're not sure what you're getting with him. Everyone everyone who's ever spoken with him is like, this guy's a leader. This guy kind of controls the room. He's a presence. You know, I would like he walks to into it. dive bars and buys a round for everyone in there. And in so, Pittsburgh. So does Rob Ryan. <laughs> well, <laughs> So there's that. And I think Mike Tomlin is kind of the coach version of the Steelers. There's something mysterious about them. I mean, they're this great organization that we hear all about. You know, they're they're one of the organizations in the NFL, but they're they're kind of private. They keep things inside. So that kind of like the Patriots. That's why I would love to see them. I think Ben Roethlisberger, you know, mixing in with his teammates. I think he got some personalities there uh, at skill position with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Martavis Bryant's return. You could have James Harrison returning to the mix again. He He's always fun 
on Hard Knocks. Just it was great on the second uh, Bengals season. Little bit of little bit of the Roonies. Um, you know, some of the, the most. Oh, now you're selling me the no, Roonies, I'm, I'm, baby. I'm serious though. If you love if you love football, this is one of the most important families, and I think they would dive into the you know the history of this. Just hmm. I don't think they'd ever do it because they're so traditional. They like to run a tough training camp too right. that has gotten under the radar of the NFL. So maybe they don't want cameras in there. <laughs> They, and yeah, they have a beautiful location, uh, you know, traditional location for their training. It would be it would be delightful as a football fan. I don't think it'll ever happen. All right, now of the, so there are four uh, choices, personal choices, uh, and then of the eight teams that can be chosen, what do you guys who do you think's most likely? Let's say let's work off the the premise that it will be one of those teams, which is not necessarily how it will play out, but. Bears, Bucks, Browns, Colts, Eagles, Ravens, Saints, and Titans. Greg, you said something interesting downstairs that I kind of buy into a little bit about the team you think could happen. Well, I thought the Saints were a logical choice. They've never it's never happened before. You just got the New Orleans element. You know, they have training camp down there. You've got people that fans know it's the end of the Sean Payton era. You know, perhaps Drew Brees is there. You maybe wouldn't have ownership getting in the way with Tom Benson. I think that would be a compelling choice. Wes shakes his head. I, I can't deal with that much Sean Payton in my life. I just can't. <laughs> they could be like a team people love to hate a little bit, too. Watching. I cannot watch Sean Payton just lie all through every episode. He also, you know, Sean Payton coming off like 14 straight seven and nines, the most underrated subplot uh, in the NFL right now. You know, he knows his number could be up soon if he continues to struggle in New Orleans. This could be like a good way to get his brand out there. Hey, mm. look how cool I am, and I'm the guy you want leading the operation. He's he's publicly spoken against Hard Knocks a few times and even said he would never allow cameras to show a release of a player. He thinks that's inhumane. Um, but he did say last year, and I don't know if this was in response to a Pro Football Talk article where the Saints were bracing to be chosen as last year's team racing for some Compelled. reason. Racing. And, and Sean Payton did said, you know, say, you know, if, if we got picked, I'll be, I'll be the smiling good guy. You know, he'll take it. So mm-hmm. who knows? Anybody else want to throw out a, who you think of that group? I could see the saints. I think the Titans are uh, maybe Titans are intriguing. Although you your head coach scenario there. There's not you can the most get over a bad person. head coach. If the, if you pick up the slack in other areas, could they, could the Eagles be a, a team? I think they would be intriguing and, they might say yes. Bucks, not terrible. James Winston has charisma. I think the Bucks are connected with everything right now, whether it's free agent <laughs> destinations, trade possibilities, hard knocks choices. I don't know. All right. Finally, uh, Mark, you, uh, I'm going to give you one last chance. You are, as everyone knows, a Browns fan. What, what, what do you have to say in the closing thoughts? Well, I just, I wanted to say there are a couple teams that I don't think should be featured on Hard Knocks. Okay, let's. let's I have it. a couple. I, I have a no list. A soft no, but but also I mean it. A regular no. Right. Dolphins, Bills, Steelers, Ravens, Chargers, Broncos, and the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. Uh, the next list is definitely not. Oh, definitely. Oh, so Got gotcha you now. These are, this is the worst list to be on. These now. are the teams I don't want on it. This is the definitely not list. The Bengals, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Titans, the Colts, the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Lions, the Vikings, the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Texans. And the final tier is go F yourself. Oof, that's even worse than definitely not. You're not getting on the show. Yeah. Saints, Jets, Chiefs, Jaguars, Eagles, Packers, Bears, Niners, Cardinals, and, of course, the Rams. Okay, so who does that leave? Leaves the Browns. <laughs> Get it right this time. <laughs> My well, list is both New York teams. 
Oh, they're shocker. already <laughs> stunner. They're already as overexposed as you could possibly get by every media member in this country. Wes, this was a little unnecessary. I mean, we knew that already. Yeah, don't no Jets or Giants, please. Okay, I don't think you need to worry about the Jets. No, I don't think you have to worry about the Giants either. You'll be okay, Chris. You'll get through this. You don't even watch the show, do you? Uh, if it's a good season, I watch it. Okay. All right. So, wanted to have someone on the phone, but we're at, we're a little, running a little short on time. We have to do an NFL Network hit. We got a meeting with some shadowy league figures. So we're just we're gonna bump this guy uh, uh, <laughs> like Matt Damon on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and maybe maybe we can make something. Also, not like Matt Damon at all. <laughs> I think longtime Actually, listeners of the podcast could guess who this looks like. A tall man. I was gonna say bears more than a passing resemblance to Hollywood superstar Matt Damon. Looks like on a, everything. Like a six-foot-six version of Matt Really? Damon. Yeah. Not, not a bad-looking dude. Anyway, he's bumped, so it's like good news, bad news. Good news is you've been compared to a major league hunk. Bad news, <laughs> once again, another opportunity goes by the boards to get back on the show, maybe next week, or uh, excuse me, maybe next show, or maybe next week, or maybe next year. But we got to go. We got to start preparing for other aspects. A lot of people think this is the only thing we do right. in NFL media. This is only is that what they think. That's some streets talking about okay. our roles. Gotcha. You'd be surprised us how many how like how many people don't realize how much writing we do mm. that are huge fans of the podcast. Check out what, what our stuff at NFL.com/news. It's ironic because you know the listeners think this is our, the only part of our job, whereas our bosses don't even count it as part of our. Job. <laughs> it's very. It's it's a horrible tug of war. Yeah. Speaking of the listeners, shout out to all the people when Mark tweeted out a photo with John Gonzalez in it, who tweeted that they needed Greg Rosenthal to explain who the fourth person <laughs> was in the picture. <laughs> I enjoyed that. All right, let's go. Got work to do. Got other things to do. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and La Cid behind the glass. See you Wednesday. I am not happy. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.